It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, unfortunately for the Carolina Panthers, football is a 60-minute game and not a 15-minute game. Despite a strong first quarter, the Miami Dolphins proved to be too much as the Panthers fall to 0-6. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back with you once again this Wednesday, answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me right now. Today's episode of Lockdown Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers, 21. The Miami Dolphins, 42. The Carolina Panthers fall to 0-6 as they head into the Week 7 bye. And there are plenty of questions that need answers. But I'm not quite sure the Carolina Panthers have the answers to those questions as we're all scratching our heads to how the Carolina Panthers have held the lead in five of their six games but have been unable to win any of those games. And the Carolina Panthers, who have been underdogs in each and every one of their games, have been unable to even cover the spread. Now, briefly, late in the game, when Mike White came in with about four minutes left and threw a pick six to Troy Hill, it looked like that was a very significant touchdown for very many people out there. But the Dolphins went right back down the field and scored a touchdown to win by 21 points and to have the Panthers 0-6 overall and 0-6 against the spread, which might even be worse for a lot of people out there who might not even be Panther fans, but we know what's worse is the Carolina Panthers are 0-6. Now, they gave you hope. They gave you hope to start out the game. The first quarter was a dream for the Carolina Panthers. They're up 14-0. They had 10 first downs to the Dolphins' one, and the Dolphins' first down that they had didn't even occur until the very last play of the first quarter. The Dolphins came into the game averaging 24.3 first downs per game. The Panthers had 139 yards to the Dolphins, 42. 63 rushing yards to the Dolphins, zero. The Panthers held the ball for 11 minutes and one second, while the Dolphins held the ball for three minutes in 59 seconds. We have been asking, what is the identity of this offense? What do they want to do? What do they want to be? 
Well, it looked like they wanted to run the football. They wanted to get back to what we saw last year when Steve Wilkes, as the interim head coach, had this team as a 500 football team in playing for the NFC South Division crown there in Week 17 in Tampa. The Panthers ran the ball right up the middle of Cade Mays there at left guard. They had success running it on the left side of him and Ikiu Kwanu. The Panthers on their first touchdown drive had five running plays on their seven plays on that drive, running it in with a Chuba Hubbard touchdown. Then on the second touchdown that drive they had right after that, six of the ten plays were rushing plays, resulting in the Carolina Panthers being up 14-0. Now we knew the Dolphins were going to come back and finally wake up. It just took the Panthers, a team that they clearly took lightly. And I don't know, maybe the Dolphins were out hanging out in Miami, having a good time last night. We weren't even thinking about, oh, the Panthers, whatever. We're going to beat the hell out of them anyways, which they ended up doing, uh, by the way. But maybe they just weren't all that concerned. The Dolphins woke up. They got the score down to 14-7. Then the Panthers had an opportunity to, okay, Let's try and stretch the lead. Understand the Dolphins are here to go, are here, are ready to play now. They're awake. And I appreciated Frank Reich being aggressive on that fake punt. Johnny Hecker throwing it to LaVishka Chenault. LaVishka just not able to make guys miss enough. It was very close. To the, he, he was out of bounds. He was definitely short of the line of game, but a good effort by him and a good play call. It's one of those things where great process but bad result for the Carolina Panthers. And Frank Wright keeps talking about, hey, I think the process is is good, but the results just have not been there, that they have not been able to, you know, bear the fruits of their labor so far through the first six weeks of the season. Like, that's one of those things where I don't think anyone is against that. If you are, I don't know why you would be. 0-5 football team, double-digit, two-touchdown underdog on the road against the Dolphins, who look like a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, every single day of the week, you go for it in that situation. What do you have to lose? The game? You're going to lose that anyway. So why not try? Now, the Dolphins then, terrible tackling by the Panthers. Really uh, a bad effort tackling-wise this afternoon. Now, the defense banged up once again. We'll get into some of those issues. But the Carolina Panthers, even at 14-14, still had an opportunity to be in this football game. You look at this, the first half stats, pretty level. But the Panthers were a one-quarter team in the last 45 minutes of the game, they just got away from what they did to be successful. Again, the first two touchdown drives the Carolina Panthers had, they ran the ball on 11 of the 17 plays. 11 of the 17 plays that they had on those two touchdown drives were run plays. The next three drives in the first half, two runs on a seven-play drive, one run on a four-play drive, then zero runs on a seven-play drive, which made sense, a minute and a half left. Three timeouts left. Didn't use a single one of them, by the way. They were trying to throw the ball down the field. They were successful getting in field goal range. Eddie Pinheiro misses from 43 yards. His second miss of the season. But they only run the ball three more times. The rest of the half, when that led you to success, does not make sense to me. And I understand there's been a lot of consternation about Frank Reich and the play calling. And I get it when it comes to that. Frank Reich talked about in his introductory press conference back in January, what went wrong in Indianapolis. He didn't say it was the quarterbacks having Andrew Luck all of a sudden retire, being stuck with Jacoby Brissett, getting one year of Phillip Rivers, um, then having to go to Carson freaking Wentz, then Matt Ryan experiment, being told to start Sam Ellinger. He didn't talk about the quarterback carousel. He said it went wrong when they weren't able to run the football, when they lost Jonathan Taylor. Well... I don't understand how you could say that was what went wrong in Indianapolis and come to Carolina and not stick to running the football 
when that's leading you to success. They come out of halftime. I'm sitting at home just saying, run the damn ball. Two runs on a seven-play drive, they punt. Sorry, two runs on a six-play drive, they punt. Then the next drive, they're down 28-14. There's still plenty of time. Just run the football. Honestly, you would think, maybe sit on the ball. Miami's explosive. Maybe try to run out the clock, see if you can get a stop, and sit on the ball and have these long, methodical drives. You did them last week against Detroit. You did it earlier in the game. Why not try to do that? They go out on a drive, down 14. They run the ball in six of the first eight plays. Chuba Hubbard did a lot of it. They take him out of the game. They decide on a third and one to throw the football. Fourth and one, Chuba Hubbard comes back in the game. He split out wide. Bryce motions him into the backfield, has him right there to his right. The Panthers decide to throw the football again on a low percentage throw to the end zone. Third and one, fourth and run. They throw the ball. After six of the first eight plays on the drive, they ran it to get down there. That does not make sense to me. I don't understand it. I really don't. And I thought Frank Wright play calling wise was better in those first couple drives because they've had an identity. I just don't know why they would get away from that. Knowing that you have to be able to keep pace in Miami. You're not going to stop them, especially when three quarters of your secondary for the second week in a row is out and your two safeties are gone, which is worse than your corners being out. Just knowing the kind of explosion that you can get out of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill if you're Mike McDaniel to the Tonga Valoa and that Miami Dolphins offense. So I was just, I did not understand why Frank Reich got away from the run. The Panthers, of course, were never going to win this game. But you wonder, had they stuck to that script, and he's talked about after the game that they wanted to do a little up-tempo, no-huddle kind of stuff, you wonder if they would have been a little bit more tempo-wise because I thought they did a good job of doing that, and they was stuck to the run. Does the result look different? They probably still lose, but do they lose by 21 points? I don't think so. The Dolphins, after the first quarter, they went out there in the second quarter at 21 points, 177 yards, six plays. Uh, was that six plays that were 10-plus yards, and until it was 9-13, 110 yards at three touchdowns before halftime. But when they woke up, you knew the dam was going to break, that the buzzsaw was going to come, and we saw that. But it's just disappointing, an offensive effort that was inspiring to start off the game just went right back into the pumpkin that they were the first five weeks of the season if you don't count the last two drives last week against Detroit. Like, things need to change offensively. And it feels like now that they're 0-6, and I'm, of course, a lot of y'all were here, like, after two weeks. And, hey, maybe I'm late to these things. I try to just give it some time to marinate before making, you know, sweeping conclusions and judgments about things. And I know, hey, I talk here every day. I, I I can't do this five days a week and then, like, be super early on something. I gotta give it some time, y'all. So I got stuff to talk about. But yeah, play calling Frank Reich, it, it seems like it's time for those to part ways, even though I don't really feel like it's going to make a difference for the Panthers because, you know, they don't have the talent and they're injured. But either way, there's things that need to change in the bye week. And let's get into some of the things that need to change also. More injuries, of course, for the Carolina Panthers and looking at uh, how that can impact the team moving forward. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show you a total of 
upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Price Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It's that easy, y'all. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. it's pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars Shout out to the 62 live viewers we have here on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Again, y'all subscribe, follow the show over on YouTube and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm live here following every Carolina Panthers game about an hour after the game, I'm here. Uh, right after the game, I'm over on Bleacher Report doing a, a rapid reaction. But uh, more time to come back and kind of look at the stats, marrying over the game, uh, listen to what Frank Reich, Bryce Young had to say. So that's what I do before coming up here about an hour afterwards. So uh, subscribe to the show, check it out, and appreciate everyone who's here live with me. And shout out to y'all last week. I don't know why, but uh, the Panthers going 0-5 and losing to the Lions was the most watched um, live show I've ever had as far as like the actual numbers later on on YouTube, 9.4 thousand uh, viewers. So I appreciate every single one of y'all for watching that. I, again, don't know why that was the show that like 9,000 people wanted to watch at the Panthers fell to 0-5, but I appreciate the support. It's going to be a long season and I got to sit here and talk about it every day. So I appreciate those of you who are sticking with me. And uh, at least making it worth my while. Because if no one's listening, no one's watching, then uh, it's completely pointless for me to be doing this. But uh, hopefully there will be better days ahead. And I do think um, with the bye week coming up, chance to get healthy. A uh, chance to maybe get right on the other side uh, with some winnable games, which we can talk about here momentarily. Uh, maybe things can be better for the Carolina Panthers. But 0-6, history says the season's over. And just, you know, your eyeballs tell you the season's over for the Carolina Panthers, but there, there's still some important things to look at, like Bryce Young's development, and really, you would like to see the team not completely fold. You would like to see the team actually, you know, show that they have a spine, that they're going to compete moving forward, because if they don't, then there's real questions in, on why you would bring back Frank Reich and his coaching staff if they can't even get these guys competitive in the second half of the season. So, there's things to look out for, and we got all week to talk about it. Of course, we'll do the good, the bad, the ugly on tomorrow's show, Wednesday with the mailbag. Uh, going to try and get a guest on maybe Thursday, but then like maybe Friday, either Thursday or Friday, trying to get a guest, but at some point later on in the week, and even going to next week, since there's no game on Monday, going to have to figure out what to do on Tuesday's show. There will be plenty of time to look at the team moving forward and how we should view things, but right now, as you know, like it's not great, and I don't think anyone's viewing this season positively. Because how could you 0-6? Like, the process may be good, but the results, as we've seen, are bad and currently unacceptable. 
But injuries have played into that. I'm going to the game, three quarters of your secondary starters were out once again. J.C. Horn, he's now missed five games. Shaq Thompson, well, linebacker, but he's missed four games. Xavier Woods now missed the last three games. Von Bell, who had a quad injury that popped up, had him limited um, late in the week. He missed the game, so that's his first miss uh, game of the season. LaVishka Chenault got curred off in the second quarter with a high ankle sprain. Thank God it was that. I saw Darren Gain at Panthers.com who was writing that apparently early on they were saying it was a fibula. And when I looked at it, I thought he broke his leg. Um, I, I guess the x-rays came back and said he didn't break his leg. Uh, but that's what I was expecting, that he had broken his leg. But that's a good thing he didn't. Because the Carolina Panthers need more guys to try and throw the football to. I, I, I've said I'm not high on LaVishka Chenault, but they can try to do some creative things with him. And they haven't done nearly as many of those as I thought they should have tried and attempted uh, so far this season. So hopefully he'll be good to come back. But that seems like that's going to be something that – um keeps him out probably even after the buy so we'll see how that works out and we talked about it earlier this week Austin Corbett he has to come off the pup the Wednesday leading into that week eight game at home against Houston and I would imagine that he'll be back and after watching the offensive line play better run the football we will uh, see how that works out for the Carolina Panthers moving forward but things got to change y'all going to the buy and the first thing that I think is going to change and I don't even know whether it has to change but at this point in time, you need to go ahead and change it. Frank Reich needs to no longer be the play caller. He had said from the very beginning that Thomas Brown helped build this offense, that a lot of the concepts that they have in this offense are concepts that Thomas Brown brought over from Sean McVay and from Los Angeles. Frank Reich has said that Thomas Brown is a play caller of the future. The only thing that matters now moving forward is the future. Frank Reich said there's 11 games left, and anything can happen. I'm telling you it's not going to happen. The Carolina Panthers are not going to go on a run and go to the playoffs. So with that being the case, you need to be focusing on the development of Bryce Young and figuring out who on this offense is worth keeping around and can help you moving forward into 2024 and beyond. And Thomas Brown needs to be the one leading the charge when it comes to that. If Thomas Brown's going to be the play call of the future and you're 0-6 and the only thing that matters is Bryce's development, let Thomas Brown lead the way. Let Thomas Brown and Bryce Young be on the same page and try to figure things out. Now, will it make the offense better? No, because the receivers, aside from Adam Thielen, aren't good. The offensive line has been banged up and Iki Aquanu has regressed. So the O-line's still not going to be good. The, o- the wide receivers are still not very good. And the running game is just not effective or they just don't really lean on it. Either way, the talent on offense is not good enough around the quarterback for this to ever be a good offense this year, whether Frank Reich's calling the plays, whether Thomas Brown's calling the plays, whether you have David Tepper or maybe even a Cole getting some plays in. You can get the concession guy at the stadium throwing out Miller lights. He could call plays. It won't matter. This offense is not going to be good this year, but it makes more sense now that they're 0-6 and the season's gone nowhere and it only matters about the future to have Thomas Brown call the place. I'm not expecting anything to get better. If you are, that's on you. So, hey, we'll see what it, what it looks like. But that feels like the first thing and the most obvious thing the Carolina Panthers will and should do during the bye. And look, David Tepper, he came out and made Ron Rivera call the plays going into that 2019 season. He also wanted a 3-4 scheme because that's what they run in Pittsburgh. Do not put it past David Tepper, who has weekly meetings with Frank Reich to tell Frank, hey, you don't call plays anymore. You are now just the head coach. You need to focus on everything in this football team. You're not calling plays. Thomas Brown's calling plays. 
I'm not going to be shocked at all if David Tepper is the onus behind them deciding to do that when it happens later on this week, and it's going to happen. Uh, the second thing, the Panthers could fire Scott Fitterer. Um, I don't know what that changes for the season. <laughs> There's, it's, not, it's not like they're going to go out there and randomly get good players. Who's going to make the trades then uh, if they get rid of Scott Fitterer? I guess Dan Morgan's obviously capable of doing it as an assistant GM, Samir Suleiman, and I brought this up in the past. You know, a big reason why Dan Morgan is here, aside from, of course, playing here and having lived here, is like Scott Fitter. That's his guy dating back to the time in Seattle. He's learned a lot under Scott. Their relationship seems like there's a really good alignment in the front office with those guys, with um, Samir Suleiman. Um, I forget who they brought over from the Cardinals way back when. Not way, It was not that long ago, but it was back in the offseason. There seems to be good alignment there. Um, but there's going to be a fall guy. There's always a fall guy. Chris Carter said it. And Scott Fitter feels like he's the next guy to be the fall guy here in Carolina. I do question how many of those moves in the past were really on him. David Tapper is the one who couldn't stand watching Teddy Bridgewater, even though Bridgewater is the best quarterback that he's had uh, since he decided to get rid of Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. But he couldn't sit there and watch it. And the Panthers got denied not once, not twice, but three times by Watson. Matthew Stafford said, I'm good. I'm going to go to L.A., um, live at the beach, and win a Super Bowl. I don't want to come down to Carolina and lose. I've already got my ass kicked for my entire career in Detroit. And then that led to Sam Darnold. That, shockingly, who could have seen it, didn't work out. Then they got Baker after not facilitating a trade early enough. And what do you know? Baker's playing much better now that he actually had a full offseason. But looked bad last year. And he also was never going to be the long-term answer anyways. So it didn't really make a lot of sense in the first place. And if I was the owner, I would have never let them trade for Sam Darnold. But if they would have done it, I'd been like, you know what? You guys are going to sit there and play the guy. And if he sucks, he fails, you're all fired. That's what I would have done. But I also would have never allowed it to happen in the first place because Sam Darnold can't play. Well, I don't know if all those decisions were on Scott Fitter. He's made plenty of trades, but if they saw J.C. Horn get injured and then you have Matt Rule being, oh, we need to get a corner. We got to get a corner. Go get me C.J. Henderson. Was that Scott Fitterer? Was Sam Darnold Scott Fitterer? How many of these actually were on him? Because when he comes in 2021 offseason, I'm going to lean on that was Matt Rule who's controlling most things then. Last year, in 2022, maybe it started to be a little bit more Scott. Like this offseason for sure. With Scott and Frank Reich has gone out there every time you've been paying attention. Every time he's gotten asked about personnel decisions, about hey, you know, you guys interested in getting a wide receiver? You're gonna pay Brian Burns. He's always said, I'm here to coach the team. That's a question for Scott. Scott handles, handles personnel, he has distanced himself from Scott Fitter, the general manager. He's like, he handles that side of things, I handle this side of things. So Frank Reich is not trying to tie himself to Scott Fitter, even though I feel like they would be tied together. So I just wonder, and I'm not trying to sit here and defend Scott Fitter and say, like, oh, Scott Fitter's done a good job. I'm not saying that at all. I just wonder how many of the decisions that everyone's placing on him actually were on him. And we're never going to know. We're just not going to know. But we've seen the draft, and the draft has not been good. And the general manager, those are his scouts. I mean, he's this really the draft is his time to shine. And so far, the draft results in 21 and 22 have not been good enough. And at some point in time, even if you win, like John Robinson in Tennessee, you're going to end up getting fired. You're going to get got if your draft picks don't pan out. The trades that you make don't pan out. And so far, the majority of the draft picks, the majority of the trades have not panned out. And whether it was all on Scott Fitter wanting those things to happen, or it was Tepper, or it was Matt Rule in the background, or as I was told by some whack job on Twitter, it was Phil Snow, who's the real puppet master. I don't know whoever was on. Scott Fitter is the next one on the chopping block, right or wrong. So I hope he enjoys playing at Longview. 
that beautiful golf course down there at Waxhaw. I hope he enjoys playing out there with Del Curry, with Michael Jordan and all that, because it feels like a lot of that's about to come to an end real fast. And I'm sure back home in Seattle, he's got a membership to some beautiful country club out there. He might have to head back over there because I don't think he's going to be hanging out Longview very much longer here in Carolina because I think David Tepper, a guy who has uh, forced Ron Rivera to call the plays, who forced the Panthers to you know go out there and get a quarterback after Teddy Bridgewater, and he's really been the driver of all what's gone on here, all gone wrong in Carolina. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy and his ego decided during the bye week that, yeah, Scott Fitter, it's time to get out of town. Will it change anything? I don't know. Because that would then be Tepper got his first head coach wrong on in football. He got his first head coach wrong in soccer. The second soccer coach is probably also bad. His head coach right now on the NFL team's not going great. He had Nick Kelly leave. He had some other people leave also in the business side of things. So yeah, total, total confidence that firing Scott Fitter will then lead David Tepper to hire a general manager that's actually better and helps him win games. Yeah, because that's what history's told me so far. But hey, maybe it's going to happen. But as long as Tepper's running things, hard to feel confident that anything will change. That's just me. Maybe you're different. I don't know. On the other side, we'll come back here and we'll look back at the keys to victory. Again, didn't go well, but we'll look at how the Panthers did and look ahead to the bye week and just, you know, try to sing kumbaya. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and I don't really need to gear this towards David Tepper because he won't, you know, listen to me either way. Uh, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, and when you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screen questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 
Again, big thanks to the 95 people who are live here right now on the Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel, as I am here after every single Panthers game, about an hour after the game ends here live on YouTube. So thanks to the 95 plus, we're now down to 92, three people bailed. Uh, I get it. We had over 100 people at a point in time here. So appreciate all the people who have checked it out and appreciate all the people who um, are still listening to the show. I know it's rough. It's a long season. Um, it's not ideal. And I feel bad for the guys. Like, dude, like I, the Panthers did not put – Bryce's interview on their live stream they typically do I have just stopped watching them because I just feel so bad for the dude because he looks like he's on the brink of tears and I just I feel awful for him he has never lost in his life and it's tough and that's the thing about the NFL draft and why if I was like a top quarterback like Caleb Williams or like Drake May I would just try to be the worst person on earth and find a way to not get drafted so I could choose where I wanted to go. Because you put, you get put in a terrible situation, and situation's all that matters. And you look at, I mean, we talk about Darnold. The situation in New York was no good. The situation down here ended up not being any better either. Situation is such a big thing. And it seems like in Houston, for what, what is a dumpster fire organization, we thought, the situation where C.J. Stroud's been good. Um, Indy, I don't know, I haven't really watched. And I haven't watched Houston, but from everything I've been reading, you know, situations what matters. And right now, the situation where Bryce Young has not been great, and obviously it's wearing on him. I thought that he looked better today. Um, came out, looked good in those first couple drives. Let me pull the stats here on my phone. Uh, but I, I feel like he's progressed. And that is the key to the season moving forward. 23 of 38, 217 yards, one touchdown, sack four times at an 85.1 rating. It's still not, you know, overwhelmingly great, but I feel like he has been better uh, the last couple weeks. Shuba Hubbard. Finally, really getting to be in the, the starting role. 19 carries, 88 yards. Just, you know, I would have loved to see like six, seven more carries from him. 4.6 yards per carry. He's the best running back here for the Carolina Panthers. That is a conclusion that you can draw through the first three, six weeks of the season. Whenever Miles Sanders comes back, uh, comes back, whether he's healthy or not, Chuba Hubbard needs to be the primary back. You know, contracts, all that, that matters and stuff. But when you're 0-6... It doesn't matter anymore. It goes out the window. Chuba Hubbard needs to be the best, the top guy. Then the Panthers moving forward need to figure out what to do with Miles Sanders as they have a contract with him that pretty much um, prohibits them from cutting him in the offseason. So great job, guys, signing a running back to a deal. That was so stupid. Adam Thielen, 11 receptions, 115 yards, a touchdown. He has been, honestly, everything you would have hoped. He's been better than I thought he would be. So shout out to Adam Thielen. He's the only guy that Bryce Young trusts. He had 13 targets. Uh Shark had six, Trimble had two, Mingo had three, so that's 11, and Hayden Hart had three. So those guys had 14 combined, where Thielen had 13. So it's very clear, it's evident every every week of the season that the only guy that Bryce Young trusts is Adam Thielen. Now we have seen when Andy Dalton was out there in Seattle that DJ Shark can make plays if he gets the opportunity. There's one shot play, Bryce overthrew him. There's just been no connection between those two in the regular season. Heard all about it down in Spartanburg. But what happens in July and August obviously doesn't mean squat once you get to the actual season because that has not played out so far. I would love for them to figure it out. I know Frank Reich said he's going to have the guys in for a couple days this week before actually having them be off of the bye. Whenever they're out there in the practice field, Bryce, DJ, they really shouldn't even spend a bye chilling. They need to spend a bye out there at a park throwing the football together and getting on the same page because this is just something that needs to change. And you look at it right now, Chark will not be back in Carolina just based off of the numbers that we've seen from him. Is that totally on him? Uh, yes, no, maybe so. And in defensively, what can really be said? I mean, they're giving up – I think they came in the game giving up 28 points per game. They're probably going to be giving up 30. It's just impossible when you're this banged up, especially in the secondary, and that linebacker to be able to have 
any sort of consistent outings against two of the best offenses in the NFL and the Lions and in the Dolphins. But going back to the three keys victory, which I give you every uh, Friday heading into a game week, <laughs> have not been successful so far. Um, the first key I had was got to get the Dolphins to third down. Dolphins came in only averaging nine uh, third downs per game. Uh, the Panthers were second in the NFL in third down defense, allowing 29.8 conversion rate. Um, the Dolphins were 7-13 to 13 on third down, so above 50%, and it's tough. So the Panthers got in the third down. You like to see that. Just didn't do a great job of getting off the field. They had to limit explosive plays. Uh, in the second quarter, the Dolphins had six plays at 10-plus yards. I think, actually, they did a decent job. Uh, Tyreek Hill, of course, went off. That was, you know, obviously going to happen. Six receptions, 163 yards. He had that long touchdown on 47 where he burned past Dante Jackson. So Dante fast, but not Tyreek Hill fast, as we all know. Um, and then Tyreek had, like, another one. I think it was the last play of the first quarter. It was, like, a 24-yard reception. Had another deep reception later on. Like, a clear, of course, like, that – I can't. I don't. I can't do the math off the top of my head, but like that's like twenty plus yards, obviously per reception that he had today. So he killed them. But Waddle, I think his longest was seventeen. Uh, so it wasn't like the rest of the receiving core was out there doing damage. Now they didn't stop the run at all. Gave one hundred sixty plus yards again today. As uh, the worst run defense, one of the worst run defenses in the league. Mostert seventeen carries, uh, one hundred fifteen yards, and a long of forty nine on just a really well blocked play by the Dolphins on the left side, but. Excuse my language, a piss poor uh, effort by the Carolina Panthers on that play to not even get him down until down in the red zone. Like, that's just ridiculous. That, that's unacceptable on every level. I don't care how many backups are in there. You guys know how to tackle. You didn't make it to this level without being able to tackle. So that's just not anything at all that it should be tolerated. And it's been the case for the first six weeks of the season. Week in and week out, Carolina Panthers unable to tackle. And that led to an explosive play by Rohi Mostert. Then the other guy who came in late who got hurt for the Dolphins, he also had like a 28-yard run. So they gave up a couple of them. Like Hill was the one you were worried about. But it was really – it was Hill and Waddle. Can't let both of them do it to you. And only one of them did it to you. So in a way, you kind of feel good about that. But still, no. The Dolphins got what they wanted. And then keep up offensively. Came out, they did it. They were up 14 nothing. They were aggressive when the game was 14-7 in the first half. They went out there, had a chance to get points for the half, missed a field goal. But the Carolina Panthers in the first half, like, they kept up. The numbers were pretty even. Uh, but in the second half, they couldn't. So, yeah, obviously they failed at that. They only had 14 points offensively. And those came um, in the first quarter on the second and third drives of the game. So the Carolina Panthers think they did a decent job getting Dolphins third down. Didn't do a great job limiting explosive plays, obviously, but then, you know, keeping up offensively. Yeah, they, they weren't able to do that. So it's tough. The Carolina Panthers are 0-6 heading to the bye week. Um, hopefully they can get some guys back. Uh, there will be some changes that will be made. I imagine Frank Reich will not be the play caller um, come week seven and, or come week eight, rather, when they host the Houston Texans. I wonder if Scott Fitter will be around. I have not seen any reporting about that yet. We'll have to check out guys like Jonathan Jones. Um, who typically would have a good pulse on that. Maybe Peter King and Football Morning America tomorrow um, on NBCSports.com will have that out there. But I would be uh, I'd be keeping an eye out. I'm not going out of town, so don't have to worry about any breaking news, guys. So maybe I should leave town, and maybe that will happen if that's what you guys want, because that's typically what happens whenever I leave. Some crazy stuff happens to the Carolina Panthers. But unfortunate. 0-6, not what anybody wanted. It sucks. Um, I do think when you come out of the bye – they can beat Houston. Will they beat Houston? Uh, they won't be favored, but they can beat Houston. They can beat Indianapolis. They can beat Chicago. I don't think they can beat Dallas because if you can't block, you're probably not going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, that's going to be a loss, and there's also going to be a Cowboys home game, and that is going to be a disgusting scene. 
at Bank of America Stadium. I God, I can't. That is going to be one of if the Panthers are 0 9 by that point, or yeah, they're 0 9 by that point. Even if they're like two and seven, one, it doesn't even matter. That is going to be probably one of the most vile scenes in the history of Bank of America Stadium. Even back to when it was called Erickson Stadium, when the Cowboys come to town, just knowing how people are probably going to be super checked out, and it's going to be a ton of Cowboy fans. I am not looking forward to that day, and I will be staying out of Uptown. But they were going to lose that game. They can beat Tennessee, who lost in London to the Ravens. Like, there's four of the five games coming out of this bye week that they can win. So, yeah, I mean, they ended up being four and seven when they get back to divisional play and head down to Tampa and New Orleans back-to-back weeks. It wouldn't surprise me necessarily. I I could see it happening. Uh, But do I think it will happen? No. But there's an opportunity. And that's the key. If Frank Reich is going to stay the head coach here in Carolina past this season, they need to go out and win those games. They need to go out and show that Bryce Young is developing under them. Because that's really his only job at this point in time is develop Bryce Young. But we need to see the competitive nature and spirit of this team. We need to find out what guys on this team want to be here, that want to fight, that want to quit. Because the guys who quit are the guys who aren't going to be here. And the guys you want to trade and get rid of. But the guys who want to fight for you, the guys you keep, the guys you're going to want to build around. Like, that's what the final 12 weeks of the season, 11 games of 12 weeks of the season are about for the Carolina Panthers. Developing Bryce and figuring out who you're going to keep to build around. Because this is clearly not a roster or an organization that is in any way, shape, or form close to competing for anything. So, that's what I'm looking for the remainder of the season. We'll talk more about it throughout the week. As the Carolina Panthers will be on a bye next week, and you guys will get a much-needed respite from this mess. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. It's right down there, at Julian Council, where on Wednesday... I'll be back to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. Thank you to the 125 people that are right here now live. For everyone tuning into this Locked On Panthers live show following the Carolina Panthers 42-21 to loss to the Dolphins. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.